It's my Trump dance. Oh my god, how disturbing. <laughs> this is what he was doing. <laughs> Did you guys see that event. Latinos for Trump ad that he put out where it's just like him going like this? Oh my gosh. Like that was supposed to appeal yeah, to anyone. Under, like, well, like Cubans, you know, scored really well with them, I guess. Oh. Welcome everybody to Millennial 642. We're in a happy mood today because Joe Biden won the election! Ow! Yeah, this is definitely a celebration episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just going to play this on loop for 60 minutes. <laughs> That's a great way to get the show taken down. Yes, this is the last time I'm playing music on the show. New president, new legal boundaries we will adhere to. Well, uh, that was an exciting election week. We gathered with some of our listeners on Tuesday night for an hour. We didn't want to make the event too long because we didn't want to see Trump starting to win. And then it'd be a repeat of 2016 where everything turned really sour really quickly. Election night, it didn't look particularly great for Biden. I wasn't feeling that great. I don't think anybody was. It kind of felt like a repeat of 2016 in slow motion. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us went to bed because we were like, okay, I've seen this movie before and (laughs) I don't like the way it ends. However, we did so with the knowledge that we knew this was a possibility that Republican turnout on election day was likely to be very strong And when it came down to counting the mail-in ballots, that was going to take a little bit longer. We heard the theory about the red mirage, as it were, making it seem as though Republicans were winning on election night. Um, And we had heard cautions from various activists and leaders in the Democratic Party that Trump was going to try and claim victory on election night because of this and because he knew it looked like he was winning at the time. And he did that. Right. It was like 2 a.m. Yes. and he did that. Uh-huh. It was predictable. Yeah. yeah, my whole thing, too, was like I, I, I just kept reminding myself first that the counting was going to take way longer because of the pandemic and we were waiting on mail-in ballots, which, you know, again, it's it's kind of like what Laura was saying, even though we've been told and we've even been like saying that on this show, it starts getting harder and harder to believe it when you tell yourself that. But I went to bed with the... um knowledge or comforted by the fact that I knew that a lot of the West Coast had not been called yet. So I was just like hoping that I would wake up to to good news. So yeah. And we woke up and we didn't get the best news, but we started seeing this trend, right? The states where Trump was winning, the key states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, Nevada, uh, they started trending towards Biden because those mail-in ballots, those absentee ballots were finally being counted. And by Wednesday night, Thursday, I was feeling good about Joe's prospects. And then, of course, the big announcement occurred Saturday morning. Beautifully, Trump was on the golf course. And I even tweeted from the Millennial Show Twitter, please, somebody <laughs> call it while Trump is golfing because we heard you that manifested. he was off to the golf course. <laughs> and then it happened. I was very lucky. I turned on CNN just as they had that banner up that said, stand by for a CNN projection. And I was like, there hasn't been one of these in days. This must be. I just thought they would call a state, which, of course, would be great news. But then they called the whole presidency. 
Yeah. Oh, and then fucking Laura was sleeping through the whole thing. <laughs> she was. I almost slept yeah. through the whole thing. <laughs> so in my defense, um, what my week looked like, I got three to four hours of sleep every night mm-hmm. last week. So by the time Saturday came around, like my body was reflexively waking me up at like 7 a.m. every day. And I'd be like, oh, let me roll over and check the results. <laughs> Oh, nothing. Okay, I'm going back to sleep. And so that day I had woken up. I stayed up for a couple of hours because we had heard that Saturday could be the day. Pennsylvania was getting close. And around 10 a.m., I was like, oh, I'm just going to go back to sleep for a little bit. And I woke up to like (laughs) 10,000 text messages. (laughs) Yeah, I texted Pam and and, uh, Laura. And we didn't hear from Laura for a couple hours. And I was starting to get worried about her. But luckily you survived. Um, and, and of course, I'm surprised you're alive because I thought this Georgia news would kill you. But we'll talk about that later in today's episode. So the celebrations that day were awesome. So exciting to see everybody out in the street. It's a little, you know, I don't want to be hypocritical here because there were a lot of people very close to each other. Everybody was wearing masks, which was good. But people were very close to each other. What did you guys make of that? Should we be applauding that or? Uh, I think I don't love it. Yeah. yeah. I, and I and I appreciate that a lot. Most of the news stations too were pointing that out because I think it's important, you know, uh, yeah. like especially something like CNN, which is very left leaning for them to keep saying, oh, it's not so great. Like they have masks. Yeah. But but everybody's kind of clustered together. I think that that's super important. Um, I think that we kind of figured that something like that would happen. Um I guess it's good that everybody was wearing masks, but at the same time, you know, it's kind of the same thing with the protests where now we're just waiting to see um, if there's a spike in cases following. Although there really wasn't with the protests. That's a good point. So, I mean, there's still so much that we don't know about this virus, Um, but two of the big things that we know are that wearing a mask and social distancing really help cut down on this. So I, again, think it was really great that the people who were celebrating were wearing masks. Mm -hmm. It was such a nice contrast to everything that we see out of the Republican Party when they gather and are like hugging each other and kissing each other on the cheek and all this other shit. Nobody's wearing a mask. Um, So I do appreciate that. But I was personally uncomfortable by the lack of social distancing that was happening. Yeah, yeah, because it does come off hypocritical. The one way I can square it, and I hate to say this, but it was just one day. So at least there's that. I mean, it doesn't excuse it because the virus, obviously, it definitely spread, but it's just one day. Give us this day. Give us this one day to be happy. So I guess the big question now is how are y'all feeling? I had a really great workout Saturday afternoon, like the best one I've had in <laughs> oh, four years. Nice. Oh my god, yeah! And that just tells me it was a good reminder to me that anytime I'm not feeling a workout, it's just in my head because I had the best workout Saturday afternoon. I worked out hardcore for 65 minutes. I was high on the election. Yeah, you were feeling motivated. I had the best sleep of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Oh my god, Saturday, Saturday and night? last night too. <laughs> It oh, was good. It's been so good. Yeah. I feel like my shoulders are finally relaxed for the first time <laughs> in four years. My back problems are gone. No, I don't my have back a cold went anymore. Out today, so oh, okay. <laughs> it's probably the release of the tension that did it, you know? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like 
a huge release, though. It I does. mean, like when it first happened, to be honest, like for a few minutes, I felt a little numb on the inside. I was just like, I don't even know like what to say or how to feel after four years of this garbage dumpster fire that we've been in. It's kind of like getting out of an abusive relationship. And then I saw footage of Kamala Harris calling Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. And I I think she was maybe like a few mimosas in. She sounded a little like... (laughs) I think she was just happy she was in the middle of a run. Yeah, but... (laughs) I mean, I don't blame her because I was in the same boat, but she was like, Joe, <laughs> you're going to be president of the United States. Do you States. know what really got me was um, I was watching on CNN when they called it and um, Van Jones had uh, a moment where he broke down mm-hmm. um, and that that just really that got me good. And then I I think that I was able to process it a little bit better. But I think like, because, you know, we're all in news in one way or, th- or another, um, if for anything, el- not for anything else than for this podcast, you- your brain just kind of goes a little bit numb because you're like, okay, I have to do like X, Y, Z. Like, let me figure out yeah. what this means. And so it's like, it-, it takes a moment for you to stop and just be like, oh, like now I can process this as a human and not as somebody that does this for work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I will say, seeing that video, as soon as I saw it, it was like the floodgates opened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, after, especially after such disappointment, you know, in 2016, you know, like, you hear the analogy about the glass ceiling and how long we've waited for that to shatter. And this was, uh, it just kind of, like, hit me <laughs> like a ton of bricks. I was like, oh, my God, like... Obviously, I knew there was about a 50% chance that this was going to happen, but to see it mm-hmm. actually be a reality was so overwhelming. And to see not only her representing women, but her representing Black women and Indian women, it's such a beautiful and overwhelming thing to see so many firsts happen that it just, I mean, that completely just knocked me, just like bowled me over. Yeah. So one definitely thing, felt a lot of emotion there. One thing that's gotten me really excited is seeing how fast Biden and his team have already jumped into action on, we were going to talk about this later, and we could still save it for later, but he's already announced several things that he'll be doing once he's in office. And it was just so refreshing seeing somebody take coronavirus seriously. We're going to believe in science again. We're going to believe doctors again. This whole administration is gone. I, it's like unbelievably fantastic news. That said, it's not all fantastic news. We haven't won the Senate, dot, 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 yet. Maybe we will. And Trump has been a whiny little bitch, as we expected he would be. In the days after the election, he was saying, stop the count, stop the count, but continue in Arizona. He was flip-flopping on how he wanted the results to be tallied. He, uh, at one point, (laughs) said, I hereby claim for electoral purposes the state of Michigan, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And it was hilarious because he's using I hereby claim as if tweeting this somehow makes it official. It's just been exactly what we expected. 
out of him, and he still hasn't accepted the results of the election. You see people primarily on the right saying every legal vote must be counted. Every legal vote must be counted and no illegal votes can be counted. And like, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, wait, how does one vote illegally? I don't know what they're trying to argue there. And I thought their argument was that ballots were being stolen. Ballots were being, you know, thrown in rivers. None of it makes sense. And by the way, him and his uh, crackpot team of lawyers led by Rudy Giuliani, recently fooled by Borat and a recent booker of Four Seasons Total Landscaping on the outskirts of Philadelphia. (laughs) uh, They're trying to argue that there is fraud, but there's not. They have no evidence. They do not have evidence right now. Bring it on, bitch. Bring it into the courts. The courts are already tossing some of these cases out. Because there's nothing to stand on. And there will come a point where he's out of legal options. We haven't hit that point yet. We're probably still months away. And for the rest of time, he's going to be talking about how this election was stolen from him. But fuck you, because it definitely wasn't. Yeah, and the the vote, I mean, votes are still being counted, you know, because it doesn't just stop after somebody reaches 270. And it just, it's so nice to see... Biden's still climbing numbers. And I feel like the more that happens, the less of a leg Trump and his team have to stand on. So yeah, I also just want to acknowledge, I mean, not only does making these claims about voter fraud undermine our electoral system, which is very dangerous. And we've heard this time and time again, it seems like every election cycle, Republicans try to launch this attack on things like mail-in voting and even early voting in some states, claiming that it opens up opportunities for fraud time and time again. It's been shown that this is not the case. Like looking back over decades worth of elections, I think they found voter fraud in like 60 cases, like something ridiculously small like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's like less than 0.001%. Yeah. It's just not a thing. More people, percentage-wise, more people die of the coronavirus, which the same group of people want to act like isn't a large percentage of people. So I just find um, what they consider to be a problem to be very inconsistent based on their own logic. Well, they're desperate. Um, but. Yeah, but this has also been really dangerous for election workers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know s- y'all saw some of these stories, but there have been multiple stories of election workers being stalked and followed. One case here in Fulton County, Georgia, um, a video of an election worker throwing a sheet of paper away went viral. The sheet of paper he threw away was the sort of like informational instructional paper, like showing you how to vote. And in this video, um, and I assume these were QAnon people, they claim that he was throwing away an actual ballot. And with that, they gave out his full name, his home address, and his license plate number. So he had to go like hide Because he was afraid for his life. There was shit like that happening all over the country. People were going to polling places and banging on the windows and demanding to be let in so that they could observe the vote, even though there were already observers from both political parties and neutral parties there observing the vote. Just like they always are. Yeah. 
They're always there. But these people aren't listening. They just hear Trump say there's voter fraud. They're stealing the stealing the vote. And as usual, as we've seen over the past four years, whatever he says goes. So it was interesting. The Trump campaign launched an election fraud hotline where you could report fraud that you saw. And of course, people are taking advantage of this hotline. So of course, <laughs> he's fucking idiots. We too have to take advantage of this hotline. Let's call them. Oh my god. Thank you for calling the Trump National War Room. Oh. All of our agents are busy helping other callers at the okay. tone. Please record your message. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press the pound key for more options. Hi, I'm here in Wakanda, and I just wanted to report some voter fraud. I saw some Black Panthers breaking into the mailboxes and stealing the, the ballots, throwing them in the river. By the way, this is Wakanda, Pennsylvania, not that one in the Marvel movie. <laughs> anyway, Wakanda, Pennsylvania, they are throwing away the ballots. I saw them steal the ballots, and I, I'm confident that every single one of these ballots uh, was was a, was a Trump vote. So please investigate this. Thank you very much. Goodbye, Trump War Room. Trump 2020! I don't know what the hell that accent was. I was just... <laughs> it was like... You lost it halfway Jeff, Yeah, it was like Jeff Sessions and Mitch McConnell like mixed together. <laughs> I, I don't have a script. I just kind of, you know, improvised. Do uh, one of you want to call? I can call again and we can... Sure. Yeah, I'll call. Thank you for calling the Trump <laughs> National War Room. All of our agents are busy helping other callers at the tone. Please All of record our Trump your message. War room when you finish agents. recording, you may hang up or press the pound key for more options. Oh my God. Thank you so much for making this Trump War Room. I'm freaking out right now. I'm calling from Hogwarts. And I ran into. He told me his name was Osama bin Laden. And he's actually alive, and they're getting everyone to vote for Joe Biden. Ah! Please help. <laughs> wow. That, that was fantastic. Well done, Laura. The tears were a especially nice touch. Ah, <laughs> uh, such a great actress. Damn. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good stuff. Jewel, that's the social media video this week. <laughs> 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 or audio. It doesn't have to be video. Uh, okay. Well, there's so much to talk about in regards to the election today, and we're going to get through all of it. But first, we have a new sponsor here on the show who make CBD tinctures specifically formulated for sleeping better. We've told you many times that CBD has benefited us in a variety of ways. You may remember a few months ago, I recommended Pam take CBD to help her sleep better at night. That was a personal recommendation because for me, taking CBD before bed has been like a light switch. If I take CBD before bed, I'm falling asleep quickly, period. If you struggle even periodically with poor sleep, try Elite MD CBD. Elite MD CBD stands out because it is doctor-developed and recommended. While CBD oils are helpful for a variety of issues, Elite MD CBD is specifically designed to help you sleep. For a short time only, you can try this amazing sleep remedy for 20% off, plus shipping is 100% free. It worked for me and Pam, and I think it's going to work for you too. What's also great about it is it can work pretty quickly, 
maybe you don't think you need to take it one night, so you don't, and then you're laying in bed for a half hour, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and you're like, oh, shit, (laughs) I can't fall asleep. (laughs) Take it, and before long, you'll be out. Go to EliteMDCBD.com slash sleep and be sure to use our special offer code REAL20 at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. This is a full spectrum tincture of 1,000 milligrams of CBD. And that's important. Not many CBD products are doctor developed and include a total of 1,000 milligrams of the pure CBD that you need for a great night's sleep. So again, that's EliteMDCBD.com slash sleep. E-L-I-T-E-M-D-C-B-D dot com and add that slash and the word sleep. Then use our offer code REAL20 for the extra 20% off and the free shipping. Again, don't forget that code REAL20 at EliteMDCBD, E-L-I-T-E-M-D-C-B-D dot com forward slash sleep. All right. So I think one of the most disappointing aspects of this election, even though Biden and Kamala have won, is that over 70 million people voted for Donald Trump, voted to reelect him. Does that make you guys sick? It makes me sick. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Biden, he still won this election by the largest margin in history. But the fact that this many people were still like, yeah, I want more of that makes me sick. I can't say I'm mm-hmm. surprised. But I am disgusted. Yeah, I I yeah. Um, agree. And it's something that, you know, I didn't want to focus on over the weekend because mm-hmm. I feel like we all just needed a couple of days to just be able to breathe and and enjoy um, hopefully what turns out to be, um, you know, the turn of a, a new leaf for this country. But it is super disheartening to know that not only that that many people were okay with with what Trump stands for, but also just kind of knowing that regardless of, you know, how well Biden does in um, going into office, you know, they're still going to be out there with those beliefs, perhaps um, emboldened by the four years that Trump gave them to, uh, you know, to uh, act a certain way in public. And I think that that's the, the scariest part, right? Like those beliefs don't go away overnight. Yeah, I wasn't prepared to reflect on the tens of millions of people who voted for him after what we've seen over the past four years. But I'm trying to reason with myself by telling myself that, A, I think a lot of these people who voted for him just aren't paying attention. They don't watch Trump as closely as we do. We look at his tweets. We look at what left-leaning media is saying about him. And most people are out, are out there just living their lives, not focused on what Trump is doing in the day-to-day. And they hear you know, the, the highlights in Trump's mind of what's going on. And that's enough for them to reelect him. On the other hand, there is this pandemic going on, and it's just gotten worse and worse. And then another way that I comfort myself is by reminding myself that Biden still has won the popular vote, even though 71 million assholes voted for Trump. Sorry, Republican listeners. There's 75 million and counting who voted for Biden. More people voted for Biden than any other president in American history. Trump is obviously uh, number two in that ranking now. But That just warms my heart to know that, yes, the right was motivated to come out, 
but the left was motivated to come out more. More of us showed up. And thank God, <laughs> so many people did. I know. It really makes me think about what, um, I, I really like saying this, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris had to say she when she quoted um, John Lewis and said that democracy is not just something that's bestowed upon us. Democracy is an act. Mm-hmm. And it's something that needs to be protected. And this is what I feel like we're all going to have to do a lot of reflecting and a lot of work on over the next few years to make sure that we don't backslide again. Because complacency, I think, is most common when people are happy and when people feel supported and like, you know, they have good health care and all of these other things. Um and complacency it really breeds low voter turnout. So that's sort of my fear moving forward is that, yes, we have the majority now, but what is that going to look like in two years when we hit the midterms, in four years when yeah. it's time for re-election? Um, so I just think that that's something we all need to hold and we need to sit with that because – yeah, we won, but as you said, Andrew, there are 71 million people in this country who were still down for a round two with Donald Trump. And those people aren't going away. They may take down their Trump signs because they're embarrassed that they lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them are taking them down because now it's not going to be, you know, fashionable to be racist <laughs> and they don't want to be called out for it. But they're still there. It's like cockroaches scattering when you turn the lights on. Yeah. You know, so that that's what makes me uncomfortable, like knowing that these people are there and I could be interacting with them like it's a one in two chance anytime I'm interacting with somebody they're a Trump supporter. Um, so it just it hurt. Like, I think that we were all really hoping for a moral victory to come out of this. I think we were hoping for, like, a resounding smackdown, um, you know, like, for some kind of record-breaking, even though it was. We were hoping for a larger margin of really showing, wow, America's fucking done with this. And that's not what we got. Um, So that that was painful. And we're going to have to grapple with that. It doesn't go away. Yeah, I also kind of hope, you know, for a lot of people, this, um, and I know we're gonna, this is the next point, but, you know, um, for a lot of Gen Zers, it's their first time voting. And I really hope that, you know, young people remember that this was a really tight race overall still. And, mm-hmm. you know, remember what it was like to watch these votes, like in some in a state like Georgia, for example, that was really tight for a few days and realizes that, you know, votes matter. And that's why you need to mm-hmm. go out to the polls, you know, for at least yeah. 48 hours. They were neck and neck. Like Laura was counting us down. Yeah, we were getting um, real time that updates. That's important to remember. We, we just. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. That probably got so annoying. Laura's the math now, daddy of uh, well, <laughs> millennial. It, it got annoying only because I already knew. Like I was watching the numbers too, so I'm like, all right, Laura. I know. But like, I didn't <laughs> want. I was excited. I know. I didn't want to be Debbie Downer. I wanted you to be all excited and share that excitement with us. One more point before we move on to the turnout and who turned out demographics wise. Um, Laura mentioned, you know, encountering when you walk out on the street now. 
uh, you have a one in two chance of encountering a Trump supporter. I feel that same way when I'm looking at the Trump news now. I'm like, oh, my God, can you believe he just did this? He's done for now. But actually, half of the population doesn't give a fuck. They like all this. It's so sickening. In a way, though, I think I hate to say this because, you know, it is disheartening to actually see the figures. But I think um, in a way, it's it's kind of good that there's no getting around it now because how many years have we gone with people saying that there's no race issues in America? Right. And now you right? have like actual numbers to point to the fact that, you know, at least half of this country is okay with the way minority populations across the board were being treated for four years. Mm-hmm. And it's important and for us to cages. acknowledge that and to address that and to figure out a way to expunge that because it, it hasn't gone away. Yeah. And like these last four years, is just that's just further proof of that. Yeah. And what I really want to call out, too, is I feel like and this is sort of like it it, it comes with white feminism and oftentimes like white women sort of get, I think, a pass in terms of getting lumped in with like other minorities is it's like, oh, well, they're women, they're disenfranchised too. And it's like, yeah, like we definitely don't have it and historically haven't had it as good as white men. But the majority of white women voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and they did it again in 2020. So no, white women don't get the pass. (laughs) Yeah. Like I am so disgusted period yeah like i don't yeah mm, white women you're on my list (laughs) well it's easy to be complacent when the results don't affect you you know yeah yeah and that just goes back to the idea that i feel like we've said many times before on the show which is that there there's a severe lack of empathy in america yeah yeah exactly because of people like that, that just, you know, like they they know that whatever happens, it's not going to affect them either way. Right. Uh, two of my yep. cousins, Republicans, white female women, and they both shared this fucking meme on Instagram. I screenshotted it because it pissed me off so much. They posted this before Election Day. It said, you know what I'm going to do the day after Election Day if my candidate loses? Go to work. Be happy. Live my life. Love others. Well, the fucking guy you're voting for doesn't believe in these things. I'm sorry that you are so privileged that you feel you don't have any rights you need to fight for. It doesn't matter if Biden or Trump wins because you win either way. And yet you still vote for Trump. At the same time, it's like they're really like not unaffected because like, look at what's happening with abortion rights that affects all women. And the fact that anybody can sit there and be a woman and say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to vote for the guy that's trying to take away rights from a w- women across the board. It's just, it just baffles me, honestly. Right. Well, and I, I question, too, the whole I'm going to love everybody. Well, clearly not, because you <laughs> right. don't care about how other people are impacted yeah. by the choices right, you exactly. make. And it's just it's this individualist narrative that you see with so many overwhelmingly white Americans Mm -hmm. who want to make their vote about themselves. Yeah. When really that's not 
how anyone should be voting. You should be voting in the best common interest of the most people possible. What is wrong with you? Well, walk us through the numbers, Laura. Who did turn yeah. out for Biden and Kamala? Yeah, so I just wanted to say, like, yes, there's there's so much that we, you know, every single one of us has to sift through. I think especially white Americans, there is a lot that there's a lot of fucking work that we have to do. Um, and it is not incumbent upon anyone else to do that work for us. And yet again, minority demographics turned out in this election to prevent us from going even further down this like awful dumpster fire hole. Um, so overwhelmingly people of color turned out against Trump. Um, even more overwhelmingly, Black people turned out against Trump. And even more overwhelmingly than that, Black women. Black women went for Biden at a rate of 91%. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone remembers a few years ago when Doug Jones was running against Roy Moore in Alabama. And Roy Moore is like a known child predator. And Black women in Alabama were like, nope. And turned out in rates well over 90% in order to make sure that this man did not get elected. And again, here are Black women having to do the work to pull the country back from the precipice. Yeah. They turned out too. I know that it's Mm -hmm. kind of a moot point because Hillary lost due to the electoral vote, but they turned out in droves in 2016 as well. Yes, they did. And I I think it's, I mean, it's amazing considering that that Black women are severely mistreated in this country. Mm -hmm. Mistreated, overlooked. Yeah. Gen Z as well. We got to give them some credit. They didn't make up the largest voting demographic, but they made up 17% of the vote. And they went for Biden at a rate of 60%, which is... Way better than millennials because we <laughs> fucked up again. What? So y'all might remember in 2016, the millennial vote was kind of it was pretty much a 50 50 split, more or less between Clinton and Trump, um, which was shameful. And this time we did a little better, but not much. Uh, we went 52 percent to Biden, 45 percent to Trump. So still pretty fucking embarrassing, guys. Yeah. What, what the, the hell? hell? Have we taught you nothing? <laughs> You know what the problem was? We were sending mixed signals because our album art had Trump on it, but we were talking in support of Biden. But now, by the way, check out our new album art. It's got Biden on it. We had that ready to go. Yeah. Saturday afternoon. That shit was updated. So don't miss it. It's on our social media channels, too. Also wanted to plug um, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender voters. While they made up 7% of the electorate, they voted for Biden at a rate of 64%. So still doing pretty well there. Although that like 30-something percent, I'm like, how? That is shocking. (laughs) Why? I I know one gay person who has been a Trump fan over the past few years, Kevin. Is he doing that to be edgy, though? (laughs) Is he really? Is he a oh, Trump I know. supporter? I just wanted to clarify I, for our listeners. I Oh, I know you didn't mean Kevin Stack. Is Kevin actually a Trump supporter? Yeah. Yeah. And you know why? Because his parents are rich and yep. they like Trump. All and, right. and uh, you know, you got to keep those taxes low. So that's what it comes down to, I think. It's disappointing. It's like, and I know 
<laughs> you know, unity, whatever. I know some fucking liberals who are hanging out with him on election night. I'm like, why would you want to hang out with Trump fan Kevin Gross. on election night? That sounds like an awful night to me. And I mean, definitely, <laughs> I mean, people who were in an income bracket of $100,000 or more went for Trump um, at a rate of 54%. However, I mean, that left 42% of people who are pretty comfortable going for Biden. But yeah, I would say like for people who earn more than that or people who um, maybe think that one day they will, unfortunately, there seems to be a trend there. Yeah. Which is so gross because it's not like people want to talk about the payroll tax cuts that he's provided, not understanding that paying less in taxes out of your paycheck just means you pay it back come tax time. Right. <laughs> like. It's not how any of this works. And again, Biden has pledged that he is not going to tax anybody who earns under four hundred thousand dollars a year. Over. Not. Oh, I yeah, said he won't. Ta- he won't increase taxes for anyone. Right. Yeah. For anyone who's uh, making less than four hundred thousand a year. So that's the large, large majority. I don't. You know, personally, I don't know anybody who makes over 400,000 a year, I would wager that most of us don't know somebody who makes that much. Hell, if you combine me and Mark's families, even between all of us, we don't make that much money. Right, right. But people are like, he's got to raise our taxes. No. I know. I love the meme. Yeah. Oh, you were going to mention it. Yeah, so I sent this to Laura. (laughs) It's it's a close-up of a popcorn ceiling. You know, in your home, your ceiling kind of looks like it's popcorn. It's... it's, uh, it's not flat. <laughs> it says, if your ceiling looks like this, do not worry about Biden's tax plan. <laughs> so true. As I look up at my popcorn ceiling. Right, I know. <laughs> I'm good. Yes. Woohoo. Uh, so that um, was funny. Also just wanted to recognize that indigenous voters in Arizona really helped swing the election by coming out in record numbers for Biden there. Um, So Arizona, we know, was one of those states that was very, very close and indigenous peoples there really helped push Biden over the edge. So just wanted to be sure to recognize them as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought we could highlight some other wins, too, because there there were a lot of things that came out of this that we can feel good about. Um, Big night of winning. So much winning. Big night of winning. So much winning. (laughs) There, there's definitely still a lot of work to do. I think people were hoping that the Republican Party was going to be flattened in this election. They weren't, Um, but there were still some some bright spots that came out of this. Um, So, we actually picked up a couple of Democratic Senate seats. So Mark Kelly, who is a former astronaut, which is pretty cool, um, he unseated Martha McSally in Arizona and John Hickenlooper, who just has the most delightful last name (laughs) ever, um, unseated Cory Gardner in Colorado. Um, And then what seemed like it wasn't going to happen, it seemed like the impossible. Of course, here in Georgia, we were already going to have a Senate runoff between Raphael Warnock and Kelly uh, Loeffler in January. But turnout was such that David Perdue was not able to hit the threshold that he needed in order to avoid a runoff. So we're also going to get a runoff between he and John Ossoff in January. So good job on Georgia turnout for getting that done. And also Sarah McBride, who's the first transgender state senator elected in Delaware. Nice. Um, 
Yeah. And also just to provide a little bit of information about her, she was also the first transgender person to address a national party convention at the 2016 Democratic National Convention. And she was an advocate for Delaware's 2013 Gender Identity Non-Discrimination Act, which was passed. So um, she definitely comes with um, some pretty hefty experience, and I'm excited to see what she does. And finally, Democrats did hold on to the House, but we actually <gasps> lost seats, y'all. Oh. So it's kind of like a, yeah, we did it, but like, yeah, it's like a question like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> we, Yeah, not not great. Not great. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing a couple people who are listening live on our Patreon right now pointing out that weed has been legalized in a couple more states, Arizona yeah. and New Jersey, my home state. Good for y'all. So I saw that Katy Perry has called for unity. She tweeted, The first thing I did when the presidency was called is text and call my family members who do not agree and tell them I love them and am here for them. Hashtag family first. Call your family today. Happy Sunday. Hearts. I wouldn't throw a blanket statement like that out there. There's... Not too much room for that, because a lot of these Trump supporters actually hate a lot of people in this country. Yeah, I have Trump supporting family members, and um, they're not Trump supporters just because they embrace Republican values of low taxes right. and small government. Um, there are a lot of dog whistles that Donald Trump has sounded over the years that really appeal to them. So I personally did not feel compelled to reach out to anybody and express, um, you know, a- an attempt to say, I care about you more than I care about right. my decision in this election. <laughs> I am so disappointed. By the family members I have who voted for Trump. So I won't be doing that. Uh, That said, one follower of Katy Perry's did decide to follow her advice. And we have a clip. Hey, Grandma. Is Grandpa around? Can you put him on the phone? I just want to talk for a sec. Thank you. Hey, Grandpa. (laughs) You stupid bitch! (laughs) I've watched this video so many times. It fucking kills me. Oh my god! The way that's he so laughs. Cr- <laughs> oh my god! That's not what I was expecting. I know the, f- the the first part of the call is like so genuine and like real, and then he says, "Stupid bitch, does grandpa." God, that kills me. I'm gonna watch that a hundred more times by the end of the month. Well, you know, Grandpa right, might I mean, not be like... around for long enough to Trump for Trump to have won a second term anyway. So, you know. Oh, man. And like, obviously, none of us are saying like, none of us are advocating for anyone to go out and like, like actively be a dick to anyone. No, that was a comedian, but, to be clear. Yeah, that was to be fair. Yeah. Caleb says things on Twitter. I followed him after I saw that video. He tweets some good stuff. But. Don't let anybody gaslight you into thinking that you have to make amends with people who've been abusive towards you. Like, fuck that. Right. We've got a 
bit more election coverage ahead, but first I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about one of our newest sponsors, Barefoot Scientists. I've become a big fan of these guys because it's so easy to miss out on essential self-care, but Barefoot Scientists make it easy to take care of your feet and keep them baby soft. Every single product is specifically formulated for the unique needs of your feet using the very best ingredients from science and nature. Pure Grit is this great foot scrub you can use in the shower that's made with Icelandic volcanic sand, quartz, betonite clay, magnolia bark extract, and avocado oil. I like to use this with a pumice stone to get some extra deep cleaning action, and it's got this really soothing eucalyptus scent. Then I like to follow up with High Dive, which is Barefoot Scientist's intense hydration cream that contains 15 of the world's most effective moisturizers. Another thing I've tried including in my routine is after using Pure Grit, I take some of the high dive cream and sit down and give myself a little bit of a mini foot massage. Um, and then Reboot is their exfoliating foot peel that's specifically formulated with milder exfoliants to be gentler on sensitive skin. All Barefoot Scientists products are hypoallergenic, dermatologist tested, cruelty free, and free of parabens. So you know you're only using the good stuff. Right now, our listeners can get an exclusive 20% off their first order at barefootscientist.com using code MIL, and shipping is always free. That's barefootscientist.com and code MIL. Go get all your foot care essentials right now at barefootscientist.com and enter promo code MIL at checkout for 20% off your first order and free shipping. Laura, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Georgia flipped for Biden. It turns <laughs> I blue. I know. Oh, my God. Like, I. OK, first of all, I was like, oh, my God. The, like, I was like, it might be close, but mm -hmm. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. I like wanted to will it to happen. That's why I made that prediction on last week's show that I thought Georgia would go blue. <laughs> and it actually happened. And I was so excited. Like, yeah. I was updating these guys on the vote count, like fucking every hour when it updated. I was like, oh, my God, Biden's only down by 4,500 votes. <laughs> and then, like, it, it's now gotten to the point where Biden is up by 10,000 votes. Yeah. That is far beyond what any kind of recount, you know, would find error with. Yeah. Um. So even though George is not calling it yet. Biden took Georgia. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's so exciting to see what the turnout looked like. Um, I was just thrilled beyond yeah. measure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy for you. And of course, our country, this is going to help Biden secure 16 more electoral votes, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just remember sitting on our uh, Patreon hangout last week on election night and we saw some promising results from Georgia even that early. And we were like, can you imagine if it flips blue, the Zoom is going to explode? It just seems so impossible at the time. And here we are. And that's the changing demographics in the state. Right, Laura? Right. And just the disgust over Trump. Yeah, definitely changing demographics in the state. But we also have to give a ton of credit to Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams, you guys will remember, was the Democratic gubernatorial candidate in 2018. She lost her election to our current governor, Brian Kemp, because of, you know, voter suppression and cheating, which is like the Republican playbook for elections these days. 
over the last couple of years, Stacey Abrams has gotten 800,000 people in the state of Georgia registered to vote. Woo! So, so much of this is a testament to her skills as a community organizer. This is just as much her victory as it is all of ours. So I just wanted to make sure that we recognized her because she is just bae. Like, yeah. she's wonderful. I love her yeah. so much. Um, But the reason that this is going to be so important, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, is... These two Senate seats that we have going to a runoff in January are our last chance at having any sort of Senate majority. The reason for that is if we were to win both of these seats, we would be tied with Republicans. We wouldn't have a majority over them. But Vice President Harris could come in and issue a tie-breaking vote anytime it's needed. So we really, really need these two seats if we want the Biden administration to be able to accomplish anything even remotely progressive, because if we don't have that, they're going to be kind of hampered and it's going to put Biden in a position where he has to like basically um, like legislate through executive order, which I'm sure he would do. But obviously it's preferred if, you know, we can work with our chambers of Congress. Yeah. And if if he has to legislate through um, executive order, it'll be pretty amazing because the right will be like, how dare he? How dare he use all these executive orders? And we'll be like, oh, I remember your president. He was EOing everything in sight. Everything. Yeah, I love how Biden's going to come in and basically undo all of those executive orders. Yes. But that's the other thing is like, if you're legislating through executive order, That's kind of it opens the potential to make it a lot easier for somebody from the other side to come in in a few years and just undo all of your executive orders. It's just a lot more efficient if you can actually pass things through Congress. Um, So sort of like related to this also is just thinking about democratic momentum moving forward. So We have a lot of momentum going on because Biden has managed to flip Georgia blue. If we carry that momentum forward and we win those two Senate seats, it makes it a lot easier for Biden to get things done. If it's a lot easier for Biden to get things done, that drives more momentum for the 2022 midterms. Mm. And something that Democrats are historically pretty bad bad at are midterm elections. This happened to Obama. We saw... You know, there was like record turnout for Obama. But then when it came to midterm elections, Democrats didn't turn out. And then Obama ended up with a Republican controlled Congress. And it really prevented him from getting a lot of things done. So we can't sort of like rest on our laurels at this point and feel like, oh, we're done. We won. Yeah. We don't need to organize anymore. We need to organize even more yeah, in order to make sure that we hold on to this. And it starts with this runoff election on January 5th, 2021 here in Georgia. Even if you're not in Georgia, this is so important, again, because it dictates control of the Senate. And our current senators, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, are actively trying to spin this narrative sort of in line with the rest of the Republican Party to make it seem like this election was a fraud, Biden cheated, 
to really drive turnout. They want to get Republicans to come out in droves in January to vote against Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff and prevent the Democrats from taking a Senate majority. What I find hilarious is today, these two motherfuckers, these snowflakes, by the way, who like would never like, for instance, never question the 2018 election where Brian right. Kemp oversaw his own election because he was secretary of state at the time and purged tens of thousands of black voters from the rolls so that they couldn't vote against him. They would have never said anything about that. But now that they don't like the way the election has turned out. They're going along with this Republican narrative, and they are actually calling for our current Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who is a Republican, by the way, to resign (laughs) because they think that he allowed some kind of massive Democratic conspiracy fraud to take place in our state. They think a Republican, like intentionally or through incompetence, allowed Biden to win here. They're desperate. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's so fucking pathetic. It, it's a trickle down thing. I mean, it starts at the top and it's it's running all the way down through the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to take this very seriously. I know there are some of our favorite politicians like Pete Buttigieg and Andrew Yang who are moving to Georgia to help with the Senate runoff. What? So they're going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> moving to Georgia. That's wow. right. Good for um, them. Yeah. And you can also volunteer. Even if you don't live here, you can volunteer with the campaigns. You can give to the campaigns. Any amount that you can give is worth it, whether it's money or your time. There are phone banking opportunities, text banking, writing postcards. You can even volunteer to share some of their information on your social feed. So if that's something you're up for, you can definitely find ways to sign up for that through both of their websites, which we'll include in the show notes. Um But just remember, Republicans are extremely well organized. And just because they lost the presidential race does not mean that they're not going to organize and come out in droves to try and prevent Democrats from taking the Senate. I'm I'm seeing reports today that Mitch and company are already laser focused on Georgia. They got to protect Georgia. Mm hmm. And I just yeah, saw exactly. Pence is going to be going down there, too. Oh, my God. Fuck that guy. Well, just some, <laughs> <laughs> some key dates to keep in mind. So December 7th is the deadline to register to vote before this runoff. If you are 17 but will be 18 by January 5th, 2021, you can go ahead and register so that you can vote in the runoff election. Um, early voting starts on December 14th, and then the runoff is, of course, on January 5th, 2021. I've already requested my absentee ballot. I'm very motivated. So I would just say, like anybody who lives in Georgia, go ahead and request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early. I have a feeling those lines are going to be pretty long on January 5th. Um, and I would also say, just wanted to signal boost this. Uh, please call um, Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. I just think that they're being like 
so disingenuous right now and they deserve to have their offices like flooded with complaints <laughs> and disapproval. Um, so David Perdue's number is 202-224-3521 and uh, Kelly Loeffler's number is 202-224-3643. Please give them a call and let them know how you feel about this. And also ask them to resign for lying to Georgians about the severity of the coronavirus so that they could line their own pockets. <laughs> Fuck these people. They're terrible. Well said. Do you think Georgia has a good shot at flipping? I mean, the I guess- Senate seats? Yeah. I think we can do it. I just think that we can't get complacent. Mm-hmm. And Democrats are going to have to turn out in the same kinds of record numbers they turned out for the presidential election, if not higher, because there were a lot of Republicans here who voted split party tickets. They wanted to vote against Trump, but they still voted for their Republican senators. Yeah. So those people are going to be coming out to vote in the runoff, too. Yeah. So turning back to Biden, he is already jumping in headfirst in terms of saving this country. He launched his presidential transition website and Twitter account. I highly recommend following it. It feels really good to see uh, what he's planning on doing. It's uh, The username is Transition46. He named his coronavirus task force on Monday. A lot of doctors and scientists. Very good to see. He is going to uh, jump into office and then sign four executive actions that will, A, uh, rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, thank goodness. B, he's going to rejoin the World Health Organization, thank goodness, during a pandemic. Why did we pull out of that thing? I know they suck, but we we can't sever ourselves from them completely. Uh, He's also going to repeal the ban on all travel from some Muslim-majority countries, uh, the ban that Trump had put in, in place. And he's also going to reinstate the Dreamers program. So four highly controversial moves by Trump are going to be undone by Biden pretty quickly. <sighs> That's a nice list. Yeah. yeah, isn't it? My freedom boner has risen. <laughs> <laughs> and Pam, uh, there was a pretty big development in California as well, right? Yeah. So um, one of the biggest propositions that we were voting on out here is Prop 22. So this passed and basically what it does is it exempts app-based transportation and delivery companies from providing employee benefits to certain drivers by classifying them as independent contractors instead of employees. So those that were in favor of Prop 22 were also saying that passing this would ensure drivers would be able to keep their flexibility in terms of when, where, and how often they work. Um, But of course, the trade-off is no employee benefits like healthcare, for example. And the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because I think it's just going to be really interesting to see the the trickle-down effect and also the ripple effect, uh, because now that, you know, this is passed in California, gig economy is not um, confined to one state. So it's going to be interesting to see if if this ends up, you know, um, on other state ballots and how it ends up working out. Yeah. I know a lot of people were really surprised over this passing because it was pretty split. 
it was pretty split. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that um, I know that one of the reasons that it was fairly controversial is because of how much money these apt based companies uh, put into campaigning for Prop 22. Yeah, this is obviously something that's going to benefit them. I think they put in, I want to say it was like upwards of $200 million in, in advertising. And yeah, stuff it like would have cost them much, much more if this uh, didn't pass. Right, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So just something to uh, to keep in mind and to think about. Interestingly, too, right after this past, uh, stocks rose for both Uber and Lyft. So. Yeah, because it was very good news for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, it probably would have killed them. Imagine you become an Uber driver and then suddenly you're getting healthcare and all kinds of other benefits from Uber just because you drive for five hours a week. I don't I don't know if it was just for anybody, just blanket. Mm. If you were driving for Uber, you were good. Maybe you had to work a certain amount of hours. Um, you know, and I, I would still say that if you're working a certain amount of hours for Uber, you should be getting benefits. Absolutely. So I'm not right. in favor of proposition 22 passing but on the other hand i can see why companies may have been very scared by this and then it's like where does it stop you know doordash grubhub all these other hustling services if you're a dog walker you know all these app-based economies were suddenly gonna have to start paying their employees all kinds of benefits and if they're not working that many hours a week it's definitely not in their best interest but right and correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like even if this hadn't passed it wouldn't have necessarily changed anything for these services, right? Like they could have kept their employees as contractors. That um, I don't know about, honestly, but I could see where that logic is coming from because obviously if you're not working full time, like, like it's like with any job, you can't get full benefits, you know? Right, like, uh, yeah, show me a job where you can work for 10 hours a week and get insurance. I don't think that's a Right, thing. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We're about to share a promising update on a coronavirus vaccine, but unfortunately, we won't all have access to it anytime soon. And with coronavirus cases skyrocketing again, it's important to try and stay home whenever possible. But inevitably, you have to mail things, especially with the holidays coming up, and you may think you need to head to the post office to do that. With Stamps.com, anything you can do at the post office, you can do with just a few clicks. Plus, Stamps.com saves you money with deep discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the mailing and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your home office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or just working from home and you need to mail some stuff, or as the holidays approach, you got to send some cards, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, going anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in a mailbox. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts. With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. I've been a customer for years. It is way easier than dealing with the people at the post office. So don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year and stay safe. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There is no risk. 
With our promo code M-I-L-L, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's stamps.com. Enter M-I-L-L. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again and keep yourself safe. So on Monday, there was also a big announcement from Pfizer about the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine that they are testing. They have reported that their vaccine is 90% effective in their study so far. That's exciting. Very, very good news. And that puts them ahead of the pack. They are ahead of everybody else at this point who are working on a vaccine. Um. Any other comment about that? Uh, As I said before, I'm signed up for vaccine testing. So if, you know, anybody ever contacts me about wanting to test a COVID vaccine, I'm there for it. Give it to me, Pfizer. Let me test it. (laughs) I just want my life back. I know. I got my first COVID test last week because a friend that I'd seen three, four weeks ago at this point Uh, came down with coronavirus last week. He had all the symptoms. So before he even knew for sure that he was positive, uh, we got tested as well just to be safe. We were negative, luckily. Uh, We haven't had any symptoms as well, but just wanted to do it because, you know, we're going out shopping from time to time and stuff like that. So we don't want to be walking around with it. So we're good. However, his test came back and he does have COVID and uh, he gave it to his girlfriend. And he gave it to some other people. So it's just, uh, you know, a mess. And he, like I said, he has a lot of symptoms. Um, His girlfriend has it worse than he does. And they're both pretty healthy people. They work out all the time. They they lead, you know, active lives. They're not old. but They're my age. So, you know, it's a good reminder that not only can the youngs catch this, but they can be severely affected by it, too. So. Just keep wearing your mask, people. And luckily, you know, I saw him before he picked it up from God knows wherever he picked it up. Um, Because, yeah, I probably wouldn't be podcasting this week if I had gotten it, too. Also, just wanted to mention that, uh, you know, 2020 was looking great. Biden won, got a vaccine, or we heard good news about a vaccine. But we also learned on Sunday that the host of Jeopardy died, Alex Trebek absolute tv legends one of the most iconic television personalities really sad news i mean he's had cancer he's been battling cancer for over a year now and he had a you know the survival rate for his particular type of cancer was very low but he fought through and uh you know just didn't make it yeah he actually hosted his last show just a few weeks ago in october yeah and it's gonna air after Christmas, I believe they said that. So there's still a couple months of Jeopardy with him to go. Pam, were you a Jeopardy viewer? I love Jeopardy. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, you know, like you said, he's iconic. He's been doing that show for as long as we've been alive, longer, maybe. And it's, yeah. um, I know I'm not like the biggest Jeopardy fan, but I love tuning in from time to time and I know, but I know a lot of people that are like a lot of those people that go on the show you hear time and time again how you know they they wanted to be on that show so badly because of him and 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 his legacy and yeah so he's he's gonna be missed in a similar way that you know like somebody like Regis Philbin will also be sorely yeah. missed 
two oh, yeah. iconic for- game show hosts in the same year. Died this year, I know. We just wanted to take a brief moment before we wrap up the show with some recommendations to say that this week's episode has been sponsored by listeners like you. You guys are really the ones that allow us to be a week-to-week show, and we just couldn't be more thankful um, for your support. So thank you so, so much for um, for believing in our show and like being on this whole crazy 2016 to 2020 journey with us. It has been a ride. Um, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash millennial, um, sign up as for as low as $2 a month, and you can gain access to all kinds of great benefits over there. Um, so thank you again to our patrons. If you're looking to support the show but don't want to part with your hard-earned dollars just yet, you can also subscribe to us for free through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. Thanks for all of your support, financial or otherwise. Yeah. And thanks to your financial support, we are able to get new artwork of Joe Biden made so we can pop it into our album art, stuff like that we do. And thank you to millennial listener Tawny, by the way, for creating that. and our 2020 t-shirt that is going to be going out to our Bay patrons in the weeks ahead. It's time for recommendations. I want to recommend Perfect Bars. Have you two heard of these? No. I feel like maybe I've had one before. Show okay. me the package. Do you have a... I, I don't have show and tell product? today. Yeah. Okay. Are My... those the ones that you refrigerate? Yes. yes. Okay, they then are... I have. They're really good. <laughs> yes. They are refrigerated protein bars with superfood ingredients and whole foods in them. So they, like Pam said, they taste so good. They're available in a variety of flavors. They came on my radar because I saw them at Starbucks once individually. I bought a peanut butter one there and I loved it. Uh, but now Costco is selling a, a variety pack. So I picked them up and now... I'm super into them. So check out Perfect Bars because they're perfect. I would like to recommend a show called Truth Seekers on Amazon Prime. This is a Nick Frost and Simon Pegg production. The premise is that um, the main characters are IT support people, but they have a paranormal investigator YouTube channel on the side. And it's just really fucking funny. If you've ever enjoyed any of Simon Pegg's movies... Um, it's very much that brand of humor. And this was just so needed for us. We watched um, about half of the season on Saturday night after we watched the acceptance speeches for Biden and Harris. Um, they're really short episodes are like 30 minutes and the first season's only eight episodes. So it's a very small commitment, but a lot of laughs. Um, and I wanted to recommend... Uh... Sorry, I forgot what my recommendation was already. I promise it's good. It's uh, O'Keefe's Working Hands Hand Cream. Uh, My hands are starting to get dry again because the weather is getting colder. And also, I'm probably upping the hand washing even more since we're definitely in flu season now. So if you two suffer from dry or cracked hands, I would recommend this. And I really like that it's unscented too, because sometimes, you know, when your skin's really going through it, scented creams can be irritating. And this is definitely not that. So yeah. If you have any feedback about today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. And don't forget about our confessional there as well. Also, follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As promised, we, mostly me, and that's fine. I have fun on there. Uh, I was all over the Millennial Show Twitter account (laughs) throughout election week. By the way, the internet was just killing it election week. So many good memes and videos and whatnot. 
not. So so many good TikToks. Oh man, I missed out. I should have gotten back oh, on TikTok. They were so great. They were oh, really good. <laughs> All right, I'm logging in tonight. I'll, I'll send you some. I, I'm sure I favorited a bunch. <laughs> okay. Yes, please. Thank you. I'm, I'm ready to laugh more. What's coming up in After Dark today? Um, so we actually have a few confessionals left over from our confessional palooza that we wanted to make sure to highlight. And then Pam put together some really great discussion questions for us around how we're going to celebrate the holidays that are coming up in light of the increase in COVID cases. And most importantly, how to talk to your family if you're not coming home for the holidays. Yeah, good idea. So I've this been might be good for this. you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. We made it. We did it. We're exhausted, but we did it. We did it. (laughs) We didn't do it in Georgia yet. TBD. We're gonna. Damn right. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye. Bye.